Howdy! Welcome to the Views from the Shot podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. Today, this February 10th, 2023, is another day in which we wake up with an Ohio State basketball loss, but fret not, Buckeye fans, fret not. It is also National Cream Cheese Brownie Day, which is the only thing that can soothe the pain of Ohio State losing another game. In today's episode, I'm going to keep this as entertaining as possible for you, which means that it may be slightly entertaining to averagely entertaining. I know averagely is not a word, but that's where we are at this point. What we'll do today, we will discuss the Northwestern game, give a quick game summary, I'll give my thoughts on the team in general, a couple of players as well, and we'll also recount the keys to the game that I gave prior to this one, and then we'll move forward from there and get ready for Michigan State, because there are only two days to get prepped, and the Buckeyes will have to switch gears quickly here to get ready for another game on Sunday against Michigan State again in the Schottenstein Center. Let's do this. Summarizing this game, well, for most of it, this was actually a pretty good basketball game. If you are just a fan of basketball in general, you turn this game on, you're seeing free-flowing offense, not a lot of fouls, turnovers here and there, but not too much, some made shots, diving for loose balls, Two teams out there looking like they want to go win a basketball game. Final last three minutes or so, Ohio State pretty much melts melts all the way down. Wasn't good. But for the first 36, 37 minutes or so of this game, Ohio State and Northwestern both, in my opinion, played some pretty good basketball. Ohio State got off to a good start for the first time in what feels like forever, Ohio State. Got off to a good start. Zed Key dunks all up on Northwestern. The Buckeyes get up 5-2 to two very, very early on, and they don't even miss a shot. They seem more active on offense as well in the first seven minutes. How many assists do you think they had if you watched that game, if you remember it last night? How many assists, how many dimes were dropped by Ohio State? Answer is five. Ohio State had five assists in seven minutes. That's very, very good, according to anyone who knows anything about basketball. The Buckeyes moving the ball well. Seems like Zed Key found himself open below the hoop a lot early on in this one. But then that dreaded dry spell strikes again for Ohio State. They had no points for about five minutes from the 12-minute mark. To the seven-minute mark in the first half, they were 0-4 from the field. Also had three turnovers during that span. And it again happened when starters were rotated out of the game. Ohio State seemed to have found something good with Bruce Thornton, Justice Suing, Sean McNeil, Zed Key, Ice Likely. That group of five 
seemed to play pretty well tonight together as a team. But once you started to rotate some of those players out and some of the bench players come in, that's where Ohio State really struggled, at least on the offensive side of the ball. However, during this time, Northwestern did not take advantage. They were unable to go out on a run to take the game over at that point. And by the time Ohio State got some of their studs back into the game, they decided to go clown around, stop playing patty cake with one another, and they went on an 8 to nothing run. Four points were scored by Justice Suing. Northwestern, during that time frame, they were scoreless for five minutes. And that 8-0 run ended up being a 10-2 run. Ohio State had a lead 25-19 with four minutes left in the first half. Going back to the preview episode that I released a couple days ago for this game, I said I felt pretty good about this game. And at this point, Ohio State being up 25-19, I was feeling really good. I thought this was going to be the game that Ohio State finally was able to win, and they were finally able to look good. Newsflash, spoiler alert, they did not win. Head into halftime, Northwestern somehow finds itself up 28-27. to Weird. It, it felt like Ohio State should be up 35-27. to It felt like they should be up by at least a couple of possessions, and instead they were somehow down by one. Bryce Sensenball, a name I haven't mentioned yet, at halftime he played a few minutes, came off the bench, 0 of 2 from the field, both of those shots from behind the arc he missed. He had one turnover, one assist, and one of the better rebounders, especially when it comes to forwards and not centers in the Big Ten. He had zero rebounds. Question of what's going on with him or what happened to him last night is something I will dive into a little bit more here later on in the show. But you head into the second half, Northwestern looks like they might get some momentum. They score five of the first eight points in the second half, but Sean McNeil, whose best game of the season arguably came against Northwestern in the first matchup on January 1st, Sean McNeil hits a three. And then the Buckeyes hit another free throw, and Ohio State is back in control. And as you're watching this game, you're like, man, at least for me, it felt like a game Ohio State was going to win. And it felt that way for a long, long stretch. Northwestern Ohio State from there, they're just playing tickle with one another. No one really going out and getting any advantages, going on any runs, grabbing any momentum. They're just they're playing patty cake down the court. Nothing goes on of all that much importance until Northwestern finally goes up by four with eight minutes left. And now, now you're saying as an Ohio State Buckeye fan, watching a Chris Holtman-led team, you're saying, oh boy, here we go again. Another situation where a Chris Holtman-led team is going to melt down to close out a game. That's what you're worried about. But... Ohio State, they take a timeout. They come out of the timeout. Bruce Thornton promptly hits a layup. Buckeyes bring it back within two, and you feel like they're back in it. Ohio State would never be able to retake the lead from there, unfortunately. Northwestern was pesky. All night they were pesky. They kept its lead. 
Bryce Sensenball to close out the second half. Really nowhere to be found in those last final minutes or so before you get into crunch time. Well, there was one place he could be found. That was on the bench. On the floor, really could not be found anywhere. He missed free throws. Ohio State as a whole, missing free throws, turning the ball over, just flat out missing opportunities, and Northwestern took advantage. A player I did not even mention on the preview show by the name of Brooks Barnheiser. He came out of the woodwork, and he essentially sealed the game for Northwestern. Barnheiser hit a couple of threes, gave Northwestern pretty much everything they needed in order to close off this game with a win. There were a couple shots that he hit that felt like a dagger, and the dagger really didn't come until the end of the game, really, but Barnheiser played well. Coming off the bench, he played 27 minutes, and he scored 19 points, 4 of 7 from behind the arc. Justice Suing, he gets the Buckeyes within 4. He really carried Ohio State offensively the whole way. He hit a couple of free throws. He missed a couple of free throws. Bryce Sensenball grabs a rebound, misses a shot. Northwestern gets the ball back. They turn it over. Ohio State gets it. Can't make a shot. Rinse, repeat. That's essentially the way the game ended up. Chase Adige, who all in all had a quiet first half. Second half, he ended up playing better. Not the most efficient night, but finishes with 12 points. Bo Bowie had 19 points for Northwestern. He closes out the game with a three-pointer, two minutes left, and at that point, probably the straw that broke the camel's back. Ohio State losing 69-63. to They made it a little bit closer at the end of the game. A couple of turnovers forced. You feel like they've got a shot, and they couldn't end up doing it. So Ohio State falls to 11-13 and on the season, 11-13. Northwestern is now 17-7. and seven. They pick up a helpful win to somewhat boost their NCAA tournament resume. As I spoke about in the last episode, they've got a gauntlet to go through in the Big Ten to close out the year. But Northwestern picks up the win. Justice Suing, 19 points, leading the way for Ohio State. Bruce Thornton scores 12. Zed Key and Sean McNeil both with 8 couple other players with 4, 4, 4, 2, 2. And that's the scoring output for Ohio State. The one positive, and I said it after the Michigan game, I really did feel like Ohio State played pretty well after that Michigan loss. Although it was a loss, and although there wasn't really any time in that game in which Ohio State had control of it, I thought Ohio State played better defensively the effort in this game against Northwestern was if nothing else just simply apparent simply obvious they dove for loose balls not only did they die for loose balls lean in a little bit here hear this they also got the loose balls it felt like in past games we would see a haphazard dive for a loose ball where Ohio State would not get it. You've got a guy on the floor, the opponent pushing the ball down the court with five guys. They go out and they get a bucket. In this instance, at least tonight, Ohio State does a solid job of not only diving for loose balls, but getting them. So shout out to the defense 
in that regard, it was another game of plus rebounding for Ohio State, which was another reason you felt like Ohio State would end up winning this game. They were plus 11 on the boards, winning the battle on the glass 35-24. to You talk about how unlucky this Ohio State team is, and that's another reason where you look at how the game was going, you look at the script, you said, man, Ohio State's finally going to get one because they're dominating on the glass yet again. That did not end up happening. So another solid game of rebounding, another game in which Ohio State gets some production out of someone who's not Bryce Sensenball. Bryce Sensenball's final line today, he plays 16 minutes, one of eight from the field, one of eight, 0 for 4 from behind the three-point line, pulls down three rebounds, three fouls in 16 minutes, and finishes with four points. Three fouls in 16 minutes. Bryce Sensenball has struggled defensively. He's gotten out of position. He's fouled out. He's gotten himself to four fouls. I think more so than anything for Bryce Sensenball, Chris Holtman limited his playing time because he cannot figure out a way to not foul on defense. That's my guess. We'll talk more about that in a second. The other thing that I want to mention is Ohio State's three-point shooting and free-throw shooting. From the three-point line tonight, Ohio State, one of 14. One of 14 made. That is 7.1% three-point shot attempts made and 92.9% missed. Not good enough. The only player to make a three for Ohio State was Sean McNeil. The rest missed all their three. Sends the ball 0 for 4. Justice Suing 0 for 3. Bruce Thornton 0 for 3. Very, very poor game for Ohio State. If they just make two of those threes, it's tied and we're heading to overtime. But the Buckeyes unable to have any kind of success from behind the arc and then from the free throw line. 14 of 22, 63.6% from the charity stripe. Free throws are free. You are to make them. You get them for free. When you make 64% of your free throws, you're probably going to struggle to win a game. This is another instance of Ohio State. What seems like has been throughout this entire cold stretch from January Fourth, I believe was the date of this skid beginning, to now Ohio State being unable to do the simple tasks that we've grown accustomed to them doing, which is make bunnies, make open shots, make open three-pointers, make free throws. That's something Ohio State did not do. They simply didn't do it against Northwestern. They haven't done it all year, or at least it feels that way. Shots that we have typically seen players who wear an Ohio State jersey paired with Ohio State shorts, that is, players on the men's college basketball team, we're used to seeing them make some shots. They're not making them this year. Ohio State is unlucky, whatever you want to say. You can blame it on coaching. You can blame it on the players. You can blame it on whatever you can think of in your mind. But Ohio State has not made the shots that they need to make this year. It's simple. You win games by putting the ball in the bucket. Ohio State has not done that well or consistently this year. And it comes down to missing open shots, 
missing open threes, not making enough threes, not taking enough threes, and definitely not making enough free throws. So as a team, effort defensively, great. Rebounding, great. Offensive side of the ball, unable to score consistently, and that, in large part, led to Ohio State's demise. Let's talk about some specific players here for Ohio State. Bryce Sensenball is probably the name that should come to mind for most Ohio State fans. What in the world is going on with him? At one point, I was conspiring within my soul. Is Bryce Sensenball sitting out of this game? And are his minutes going to be limited for the rest of this year to keep him fresh so that he can be healthy heading into the NBA draft? No shot, right? That can't be it. I truly think he's seen so little playing time. He didn't play until the 12-minute mark in the second half, by the way. I really think it's because he is a liability defensively, and he fouls. He just struggles to stay out there and not foul. I think that's the reason why his playing time is so limited. At the time of recording this, I haven't even heard Chris Holtman's thoughts yet on the game, nor do I care to hear them, not because I don't care what Chris Holtman has to say, but mostly because I want to get this recorded and pushed out here as early as possible so you, the Ohio State fan, can consume this podcast. Back to the point of Bryce Sensenbaugh, I don't know the true reason for his lack of playing time tonight. I'm wondering if it is a combination of a lack of effort, a lack of being locked in, and an inability to play defense. Because you go back and look at that game, he did not look locked in against Northwestern. Zed Key, another player I'll mention. Go ahead and slander Zed Key. Say he's regressed since his career started at Ohio State. Say he's worse than last year. All you want. That's totally fine. One thing you cannot say about him is that he is not a competitor. He is a guy night in and night out dealing with a shoulder injury, going up, trying to block shots, successfully blocking shots at times, defending shots, trying to get in the way and play tough basketball down in the low post where he, every night, night in and night out, he is the smallest center on the court. It was that way against Northwestern. It was that way against Michigan. It was that way against Wisconsin. It was that way against Illinois and continue to go back and back and back. The last time Zed Key was the biggest center on the floor was probably against Alabama A&M, would be my guess. I don't know. I remember watching that game. I don't remember anything about the center on that team for Alabama A&M or Maine or whoever else they faced. Zed Key is undersized, yet he's going out there every night with a hurt shoulder. Probably shouldn't be playing right now, but he's giving it all he's got. He played 28 minutes tonight. He had 10 rebounds, 8 points, and 3 of 5 from the field. A clutch blocked shot. Had an okay game. Found himself open, played good defense. He was a guy who, in the box score, his impact doesn't show up quite as much. But if you watch the game, say whatever you want about Zed Key. At least he's out there 
doing his absolute best for the Ohio State basketball program. That's a guy who, at least on the floor, is leading the team. Speaking of leading the team, Bruce Thornton, named a captain halfway into the year, not even halfway, 80% of the way into the year, because that's how you want to operate a college basketball team. Apologies for my snarkiness. But Bruce Thornton, new captain of Ohio State, coming off a huge game against Michigan. That did not continue. 12 points, not bad. In the first half, he didn't do a lot of scoring. Five of nine from the field. If you're looking for a big-time explosion from Thornton, you're not going to get it. However, 12 points, not a bad showing at all. And one player who has to be mentioned, Justice Suing. Justice Suing was allergic to shooting three-pointers against Northwestern. He wanted about as much to do with shooting a three-pointer as you do day-old mayonnaise sitting out in the sun. Is that graphic enough for you? Can you smell that through the podcast? I hope. He was 0-3 from behind the three-point line tonight, but he had multiple other opportunities to shoot the three in this one. He did not take it. There were times where I said, Justice, why are you not shooting the three? And then he spoke to me. His his spirit communicated to me saying, well, Tim, I appreciate the question. It's because I have an open two-pointer that I will now go make. And then when he was done communicating that to me, he took a dribble or two, drove to the free throw line, threw up a shot, switched it, and backpedaled back on defense. Justice Suing was incredible from the mid-range tonight. That is his spot. That's his perfect range. That's where he's able to get mismatches and beat his defenders. And he did that all night against Northwestern. Again, Suing finishing with 19 points, 7 of 11 from the field. If you take out his three missed three-pointers, he was a nearly perfect Seven of eight from the field on two pointers, seven of eight, five for seven from the free throw line. Solid game for Justice Suing. Two keys I mentioned in this game against Northwestern on the preview show that I will cover at this very moment. The first key, which was probably the most important, was. Can you contain Northwestern stars? Northwestern, up until their game against Ohio State, had two stars. Boo Booey and Chase Adige. How do they do against those two stars? Well, at halftime, at least, they looked really, really good. Boo Booey had nine points. That's pretty solid. But Chase Adige was one of seven from the field and only had three points. To finish up this game... Both of them kind of got theirs. Boo Booey finishes with 19 points, 10 points in the second half, 9 in the first half. Chase Adige scores 9 points in the second half, finishes with 12. So they both kind of got theirs. That was the number one key to the game. I said contain those two guys. I would say they were not successful in doing that. Second key to the game for Ohio State was simply shoot more threes, and force Northwestern 
to keep up the pace scoring. Well, Ohio State did take some threes. They shot 13. Sorry, 14 in this one. We already mentioned they only made one. Whereas Northwestern shot 29 threes. 29. This was a team I mentioned before this game in the podcast. I said Northwestern, they don't make a lot of threes, but they will shoot a lot of threes. So in return of putting up a bunch of threes, they will end up making more than some other teams. Their percentage won't be good, but they'll simply make some threes. And that's what they did tonight against Ohio State. They also just shot very, very well from three. 41% thanks in large part to a couple couple different players from Northwestern, but specifically Brooks Barnheiser, who went off, like I said today, four or seven from three. Chase Adige was three of seven. Boo Booey was two of three, much better than his season average. And then they also got some production out of Robbie Baran, who went two of five from the three. That's a guy who, if they can get him shooting threes consistently, Northwestern is a tough team to beat. So for the two keys that I gave to this game, I would say Ohio State failed on both of them. So can't really have high expectations for them to win if you're failing the keys to the game that the Views from the Shop podcast gives. You just simply can't win in that way, can you? So it's a tough loss for Ohio State. Yet again, Buckeyes falling. They are tumbling there to the point now where the the NCAA tournament, those hopes were dead a little over a week ago. NIT hopes now, even at this point, seem to be dead. I don't even know how this team makes it to the NIT. It's been an abysmal year. A lot of the blame... Fans want to pin it on Chris Holtman. I think it's way deeper than that. I've said it before. I think it's a lazy take. It's a casual take to blame it on the coach unless you have some kind of concrete evidence. And we as fans probably will never have that evidence. But blame Holtman if you want. I don't care. It's your opinion, not mine. We can agree to disagree. We can shake hands and part ways at the end of the day. Hopefully still loving our Ohio State Buckeyes. Another tough loss for Ohio State. We will be back Saturday morning for the Michigan State Preview podcast. I will be at the Ohio State-Michigan State game on Sunday. Therefore, the Ohio State-Michigan State Review podcast will come out on Monday morning. And then we'll continue on from there with the season. I appreciate you joining again through thick and thin. I don't know what's the good and the bad the correlation there with thick and thin. I've always thought the the thick is the bad and the thin is a good. We may agree to disagree there as well, but you're here with us through thick and thin. Appreciate that. Appreciate all who send their love on Twitter, who DM me, who subscribe, like, follow the show. If you haven't done that, please do. I beg you. It's very important that you do that at the very start of the show so we can do more with it and spread the word. This has been the Views from the Shot podcast. Go Bucks. <laughs>